0: Listener Production.
1: Australia Today's Morning Agenda.
0: Madeleine Palmer filling in for Natasha Belling. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 28th of June. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has touched down in Madrid overnight ahead of the NATO summit. Leaders of Australia, New Zealand, Japan and South Korea have all been invited to the talks. The PM arrived just a few hours ago and says the meeting comes at a critical time.
1: This is not just an issue for Europe. But there are also issues in our own region that need to be dealt with and the Russian invasion of Ukraine of course came uh, just after the arrangement was made uh, of a special relationship between Russia and China. Uh, That reinforces uh, the need for us uh, to be engaged.
0: Staying overseas, where at least 10 people have been killed and more than 20 injured after two Russian missiles struck a crowded shopping centre in Ukraine, according to senior officials. President Volodymyr Zelensky says more than 1,000 people were inside the building at the time of the attack, with a number of casualties expected to rise. Russia has previously denied deliberately targeting civilians as the invasion continues. Australia's Minister for Women believes the fallout from the US over the Supreme Court abortion decision serves as a warning for us here down under. Protests are said to enter their third day while demonstrations are planned across capital cities on our shores. Katie Gallagher has told Ten this issue isn't going away anytime soon. For people who are pro-choice and who do want to ensure that women are able to access safe and legal abortion if they need it, to remain vigilant um, as you know debate flows. I think from the American decision, I have no doubt it will, it has already. And more protests, chaos in Sydney, where 10 people have been arrested and charged after blockade Australia demonstrators stormed the streets of the CBD yesterday morning. Another protester allegedly locked herself to her steering wheel and blocked the Sydney Harbour Tunnel. Police are preparing for more protests today and are appealing to the public to help them identify anyone involved with either CCTV or dashcam footage. And the first round of census statistics has been released this morning. It was taken August 10 last year in the midst of several state and territory lockdowns. Religious popularity has dropped, with more than four in 10 saying they don't identify with any religion. Andrew Taylor is a demographer from Charles Darwin University and says the so-called megatrends have continued.
2: We were becoming more multicultural. We were ageing as a society quite rapidly pervasiveness of religion across Australia was falling, or at least the traditional church-based religions that we are familiar with, you know, and we were becoming more urbanised quite quickly. And a lot of that was to do with international migrants coming into Australia.
0: Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground to New South Wales, where strike action is set to impact commuters across the state. Train drivers, nurses and midwives are walking off the job today. With more details, our reporter Michaela Savage is in Sydney. Yeah, that's right, Maddie. A week of strike action across New South Wales has begun. Today, trains are slowing down to a max speed of 60 k's an hour. By Friday, only 30% of the fleet will be running, with drivers refusing to operate trains made overseas. All this industrial action has come about as the state government and the rail tram and bus union continue to disagree over safety issues to do with the new intercity fleet. Meantime, nurses and midwives are stopping work to attend a mass meeting at Sydney's Town Hall this afternoon. They're furious the government still hasn't addressed staff-to-patient ratios and feel insulted that the pay rise they've been promised doesn't keep up with inflation.
2: At the moment, we're concerned. The government's throwing more money at the health system, but the money is not targeted, and there's no accountability or transparency. We're highly concerned that the money that has been announced won't actually result in the type of care that we need to see patients receive. Yeah. Shake
0: Handish from the Nurses and Midwives Association there. While in Perth, protesters have sent a strong message to America regarding the overturning of abortion rights. It's the first of a number of rallies across the country, with demonstrations planned in Melbourne, Brisbane and Adelaide Friday and Sydney on Saturday. Our reporter Emma Griffiths has more. Yeah, that's right, Maddie. From high school students to CBD office workers, hundreds have marched from the US Consulate to Council House here in Perth showing their support for protesters. They've expressed their concerns over the U.S. Supreme Court with fears it may have implications worldwide. Their message is to defend rights to abortion and that it should be legal, safe and on demand for anyone who wants one with chants including my body, my choice. It's not the last protest we'll see here in Perth either, Maddie, with another demonstration planned for Saturday. Now for the latest in business and finance news with Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at CanStar. Now research shows the gender pay gap for women aged 45 to 65 is about $40,000 a year and women in chief executive roles earn on average $93,000 less than their male counterparts. Of course, this is having a big knock-on effect for women's retirement, Effie.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Maddie. So, this report came out by the federal government's Workplace Gender Equality Agency. And as you point out, there is a difference. Men, on average, out-earn women across all the working age groups. And the pay gap actually widened substantially when women turned 35. So, for every $10 a man earns there, women earn about $7.78 dollars 78 and the gap worsens over the next 20 years. Interesting to note that the gap is is at its biggest between the ages of 45 to 54, and as you point out, you know, over that $40,000 difference. Of course, there are several factors that come into play here, but the big one is the fact that women spend more time outside the workforce, and according to the findings, at no age were more than 50% of women working full-time, yet the higher-paid roles are only kind of reserved for those full-time workers. And as you point out, it has a big impact on wealth creation. Lower income means you can't borrow as much to buy a home. And of course, it has a direct in, in impact on your super. So, CanStar uh, crunched the numbers based on their findings here, and it showed that it can lead to a gap of $79,000 in super balances by retirement age. So the agency is basically calling to normalise time out the workforce and rethink and redesign part-time offers so that managers actually, you know, maybe encourage job sharing or, or, you know, don't reserve the higher pay roles just for full-time workers.
0: Look, as the cost of living climbs increasingly higher, a concerning number of Australians are in a vulnerable financial position should urgent or unexpected costs arise. New research has showed nearly two-fifths of Australians are without emergency savings.
2: Yeah, I found this survey industry is from CanStar and basically two-fifths or 39% don't have an emergency fund or savings set aside for these unforeseen circumstances. The good news is 61% of Aussies do have an emergency savings. Um, and basically it showed that uh, the amount uh, stashed away for rainy day is just over $8,000. This kind of uh, aligns with the data that we get uh, officially that says that during the pandemic we managed to save a whole lot of money. Some did and some didn't. Now, this is reassuring um, and it would actually cover enough, you know, maybe a couple of months worth of rent or nearly a year's worth of groceries if you've managed to stash that $8,000 away. Now, if you haven't, the trick is to start small. Even just $5 a week will net you $520 a year, while $20 will grow to almost $1, and four, just $1,040 a year. Rising interest rates are bad news for homeowners, but savers are finally starting to get some respite with rock bottom rates. Um, and the good news is I'm starting to see these rates go up. 2.1% uh, is a high savings account and even 3% if you're between the ages of 14 and 35 years old.
0: Look, Effie, it sounds like people need to get onto their savings, especially as you said, for those rainy days. And and the price of lettuce is looking really expensive as well, so we better get
2: onto that. Or well, maybe a garden will be good.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Thanks, Effie. And time for sport with Brett Thomas. And Brett, a big breakthrough for an Aussie tennis star at Wimbledon this morning.
1: Yes, good morning, Matty. Thanasi Kokonakis, who had such a long battle with injuries. I remember watching him in the Junior Boys final at the Australian Open against Nick Kyrgios many years ago and their paths have, uh, have really taken a different turn since then. Well, finally, he's gotten through to the second round at Wimbledon. Uh, Straight sets this morning against an opponent uh, from Poland, so this is a great story for him. Next up, though, gets a whole lot tougher. Novak Djokovic awaits in the second round. He also uh, needed four sets to get past his opponent from uh, South Korea, ranked 75th in the world this morning. So Novak a little bit rusty, but he's got Thanasi Kokonakis up next. Eight Aussies in action on day one. Uh, James Duckworth is on court at the moment against Andy Murray. Two Sets to one down. We've got Zoe Hives, uh, Matty Inglis, uh, Darius Saville also playing across the morning. Day one at the All England Club
0: looks like it'll be a big day for Wimbledon, but we have a big night coming up at the tribunal for Cat Start Tom Stewart.
1: Yeah, and he's bracing for a lengthy suspension as well for that brutal bump on uh, Richmond's Dion Prestia, who struggled to get off the ground uh, on the weekend at the MCG. That was really scary, watching that. Uh, Now, Stuart uh, spoke again yesterday. He remains extremely remorseful. It still sits in my gut and still makes me feel quite ill. Nothing I can say now justifies the actions that I showed on the day, but my immediate response was just to make sure Dion was okay. Now, the Blues have got their ends up at the moment, and uh, with all those injuries... um, Doesn't seem to be an issue for them right now, the way they uh, beat the Dockers across the weekend. First-year blue George Hewitt says they've shown immense depth. It seems like we've rolled through probably 35, 40 players and, and we've been grinding out some great wins. You know, some players like Kempi on the weekend had to play. He's a bit undersized but he played his role fantastically and um, I think we're just doing a great job. They do have another injury concern down back. Jordan Boyd fractured his foot, is in doubt to return this season. Jacob Weedering should return in about a week's time.
0: And look, Brett, we're still excited about the Origin game too. Um, but look, Queensland is sweating on the fitness of two stars ahead of the Origin decider.
1: Yeah, Cam Munster's the biggest one with that uh, shoulder injury. You'd have to say he's in a serious doubt for Origin 3. Kalen Ponga uh, suffered a concussion. Now, uh, normally, you know, that probably wouldn't have him in doubt um, for Origin Game 3, given it's a couple of weeks away. But this is his... Uh, second concussion in a fortnight. So in terms of a decision regarding his availability, that will be taken out of his hands. Benji Marshall has reviewed Game 2 for us. He says the sin binning of Felice Kafusi was the turning point. Queensland dominated most of it and were in control, I reckon, for a fair chunk of it until the sin bin. I can see why it was because there was repeated infringements where watching it live, I felt like if they don't be careful, someone's going to go to the bin. And that was my exact thought as soon as Kafusi held him down, I think he's going to get binned, and he did. And New South Wales hooker Damien Cook, Colin A dangerous contact charge for that tackle on Harry Grant. It was only on the minor end of the scale, though, so he walks away with a fine.
0: Thanks for that, Brett. Really appreciate the rundown. Thank you, Maddie. And it may not be gold, but miners have discovered something even more incredible. A frozen baby mammoth has been dug up in the goldfields in Canada and experts say it's the most complete mummified woolly mammoth found in North America and the only second such find in the world. The baby, thought to be a girl, most likely died during the Ice Age more than 30,000 years ago. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. And you can also find the latest episode and a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Madeleine Palmer. Thanks for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.